Hi there, it's Oswin here from Trapped History and I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening in to the Trapped History podcast, downloading the episodes, knowing that you have been listening has really shown us that Trapped History has legs. So listen out for some extras on uh, uh, McGinty the monkey, on the home front during World War II, and also on some of the people who are on and and who shouldn't be on the Memorial to Heroic Self-Sacrifice. Enjoy, and we'll be seeing you soon. I was struck by something she said um, when... I think Spike Lee released the Cotton Club movie in the... Would that be the late 80s or the early 90s? Oh, it's Coppola, isn't it, the Cotton Club? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That she said, before the film, I'd been singing in town halls up and down (laughs) the country. People thought I was back in the States. That's how quiet things were. But ever since, my phone hasn't stopped ringing. It feels good to be a legend and still living. Oh, it was the turning point. That was when the time I went, went to interview her... In 1985, a newspaper asked me to go and interview her about this Cotton Club film because she she was at the London press screening. I think it was in the Dominion. It was one of these huge... Or Leicester Square. It was one of those huge cinemas and all the press were there. Francis Hall Coppola was probably there. She was certainly there because I remember them getting her to stand up in the audience. We've got a real live Cotton Club star in London and she's been... <laughs> suddenly she's... Oh, brilliant. Yeah, oh, it was wonderful to see this renaissance in her career. The point I'm trying to make is the Cotton Club lifted her out of that, but by mm. the time the Cotton Club film arrived in London in 1985, with all this publicity, Richard Gere and, and um, uh, Gregory Hines... Adelaide got caught up in all of that, so she did a series of concerts at the Ritz. Can you imagine? The Ritz Hotel. And so she's no longer interested in End of the Pier. She, she pushes the End of the Sorry, Pier Southport, away. Southport, the Ritz want me. It's like, and it was lovely to witness that firsthand and to see the joy. And it, it, and it, it, was, it was just wonderful. And it kind of led gradually to the 1989 film that I worked on as a consultant I got off the ground by persuading David Robinson the director to come to Pizza on the Park (laughs) (laughs) well Pizza on the Park was quite a good venue it was no it was because I mean Adelaide told me that one night she was singing there and Liza Minnelli was it there with one of her many boyfriends I knew that Barbara Windsor started her career as a kid in a show with Adelaide called Love from Judy. It was a board, it was a West End musical, and then they went on tour. Very success, successful. Barbara was about 15 or so at the time. And so I wrote to Barbara Windsor. This was way back uh, in the late sort of 90s when I was doing the, preparing to do this book. And I asked her if she had any memories of Adelaide so I never had a reply and then about two months later the, on a Sunday afternoon the phone rang and I picked up the phone and said hello darling it's Barbara here <laughs> I said Barbara who she said Barbara Windsor I said is that you Deb I thought it was my cousin Deb in Bromley she said, no it's Barbara Windsor I said why are you ringing me she said you wrote to me about my darling Addie she said 
Um, I'm so sorry I haven't responded. She said, I always set aside Sundays to answer all my fan mail. I do the best I can. She said, but if anyone leaves their phone number, I always ring them. She said, then it saves me having to write a letter. She said, but, oh, she said, I, I, if anything you want to ask me about my darling Addie, she said, go ahead, let's do it. She said, and you can use it in your book. So I grabbed a pen and paper and did a little impromptu sort of interview with her. She said, when we went out on tour, she said, I was 15 years old. She said, I didn't know how to get lodgings. I didn't know how to look after myself. She said, Adelaide took me under her wing, took me to her landlady, said, can we give this girl a room? And looked after me throughout that whole tour. She said, I've never forgotten it. And she said, well, when they did me on This Is Your Life, she said, afterwards, I, she said, I told them off. I said, why? She said, because they never had my darling Addie. She said, where's my darling Addie? Why didn't you ask Adelaide Hall? <laughs> And then at the end, I said to her, oh, I said, I'm sorry to trouble you. I said, but could I ask you for a signed photograph? What do you want a signed photograph for? I said, because I'm a big fan of yours. She went, oh, oh, I've got your address here. Yeah, that's not a problem. She said, now, she said, I'll give you my phone number. Anytime you want to call me about my darling Addie, if you've got any more questions, you just call me, darling. She said, oh, da, 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 da. and that was that. The next day, on the Monday, I'm not kidding you, first class stamp, I got the signed photograph. <laughs> now, how did she get that to me from a Sunday to a Monday? I don't know. She must be magical. And then the book she came out. She knows people. She knows people. So the book came out, and I sent her a copy, because I had her address. And I get this phone call, going like, hello, hello, is that Stephen? I said, I said yeah, I said, who's that? She said, it's Barbara Windsor, she says. I've got a terrible cold, she says. I'm off EastEnders for a week. They've given me a week off to get over it. She said, you can tell I'm sounding really bad, she said, but just wanted to thank you for my Adelaide Hall book. She said, it's absolutely lovely. She said, anything you want me to do to promote it, you just let me know. Oh, that is so nice. I know, isn't it? She never forgot. That is priceless. Ooh.